Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome to Truest Blood, the official True Blood podcast. I'm Kristen Bauer. And I'm Deborah Ann Wool. And you've been invited in. I want to do bad things. On Truest Blood. Welcome back to Truest Blood, where we sink our fangs into the series episode by episode. This week, we groove to the rhythm of episode 110. Yay! Titled, I Don't Want to Know, written by Chris Offit and directed by Scott Winant. 110 is just packed to the gills with thrills. It is. Uh, and we were especially <laughs> excited to speak with Sam Trammell, yeah. who expertly plays Bontemps bar owner and dog lover, Sam Rolot. Yeah. So good to talk to Sam. <laughs> the plot lines start to come to a head this episode as our main characters have to face some really hard truths. Mm-hmm. And Bon Tom's most colorful residents step out to celebrate Renee and Arlene. So without further ado, let's face the music and dance. This week on True Blood. Standing in Sookie's bathroom in his all-together, Sam finally reveals to Sookie his secret. He is a shapeshifter. Sookie questions him about his abilities, only to learn the supernatural world is far larger than she had guessed. What else is there? More than you can imagine. However, his secret leaves her feeling lied to more than relieved, and she storms off in a huff. Amy discovers that Jason has been feeding Eddie on the sly, and decides the best way to keep him close is to pretend that she too feels empathy for the vampire. She feeds Jason a fantasy in which Eddie attaches to them via Stockholm Syndrome. And then eventually, we don't even have to keep him locked up anymore. He could just be in the house with us, you know, kind of like he's... Like a pit. Yeah. This works, but not for long. At Renee and Arlene's engagement party, Jason realizes he's let Amy get the upper hand. Once home, he attempts to free Eddie, but Amy gets the drop on him and instead stakes Eddie in the heart. Tara visits Miss Jeanette for her exorcism and has a powerful vision, allowing she and her mother to reconcile. But Tara's peace is short-lived. Out of the blue, she runs into Miss Jeanette, who turns out to be Nancy. A struggling mother, a loving grandmother, and a con artist. Tell him how you charged me $800 to spit in my face and poison me! Tara spares her mother the truth, but later that night, drunk and disorderly, she wrecks her car, avoiding a naked woman and a pig standing stock still in the middle of the road. Meanwhile, Sookie narrowly escapes yet another attack by the town serial killer. And Bill pleads his case to the vampire magister. It seems his punishment is to replace the vampire he killed by making another. 
Out of the trunk of a Camaro comes a young girl begging for her life. If you take me home, I won't say a word to mom and daddy or anybody. Please, please, please help me. There's no help for you, child. <laughs> Bill tries to make things easier on her, but the Magister will have none of it. And we cut on Bill feeding vigorously on what soon will be his progeny. So, Sam... Yeah. Shares his cute ass, by the way. That is a really, 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 he has really <laughs> very, nice ass. Very legs. important I, part of this opening. Yes. Very important part of this opening. I had no idea. I don't know how I didn't know. Um, but anyway, he shares his story. Yeah. Well, we've been building to this. We've, you know, the writers and uh, Sam Trammell have been leaving these clues about yes. what is up with Sam Merlot. And we finally get to know a bit more about his story. These clues were left so expertly now that Mm -hmm. we know and we look back, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But he really has the worst parents ever, (laughs) ever. These flashbacks, man, that they just like left in the middle of the day, left all his stuff. I mean, just the absolute worst. And, you know, he doesn't know his biological parents either. So, yeah, he had no... Uh, sort of guidance in this, you know, strange, you know, whether you would sort of equate this metaphorically to any sort of coming of age uh, story, no right. one was there to really help him find his way through this. Um, but my favorite thing is he is one of possibly the hardest lines ever. It's always hard in shows when you have to like straight up state who you and he's are. Standing there he's naked. standing there naked. And then he has to say the hardest line any actor can receive. I'm not the killer, I swear. I'm a shapeshifter. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) And her response is perfect. Her response is the only thing you could say. I know, I know. I know that. I love that. I love that whole sequence. Yeah. When especially because, you know, Suki is a fudge. She's a fudge girl. You know, she's not necessarily yeah. always a, a cusser. Uh, That's so true. To give she's her, a fudge girl. She, yeah. To give her this moment to kind of shut the fudge up. <laughs> just wouldn't be the same <laughs> to lean into that. Um, yeah. But yeah, they go on to talk about it. We tease werewolves and a lot yeah. more. So we're, we're really starting to expand this world a bit more. I thought that was so interesting that he hates werewolves. Yes. He was very adamant about that. Yeah, he was very clear. Mm -hmm. We also have Tara facing some demons this episode. Um, You know, quite literally, she has to face herself during this exorcism, herself as a child. And again, it is so powerful. Rutina is acting her ass off. Um, And I just I love she has this like sob that feels so ancient, you know, Mm -hmm. so from... That scared little girl that has just never gotten to express herself. Yeah. Again, amazing. You know, because Miss Jeanette, we find out, is a bit of a con artist. But that was very, very real. It did work, you know? It did work. You know, if you've listened to our our interview with Aisha, she talks about how, you know, she's just... Miss Jeanette almost doesn't matter as much as the experience. Mm -hmm. And the experience is real and powerful. and, And she's there to sort of help support... 
you know, Tara through that. Uh, yes. And it really does. I mean, the happiness, the very short-lived happiness that Letty Mae and Tara get is so sweet. <laughs> and even though I know it's not going to last, I'm hoping yeah. this time it will. This rewatch. Maybe, maybe we got maybe. an alternate cut or something. Yes. <laughs> You Letty know, May and Tara just ride off into the sunset eating their uh, crawdads and it's all Writers good. are so yeah. sick. They're mean, mean, mean. They're mean. So yeah, and then it, it throws her off on this, you know, sort of tangent. She starts to drink. She's feeling, mm-hmm. you know, down on herself again. And she spares her mother, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. She does. She's out on the road and mm-hmm. she sees this naked woman and this pig. Mm-hmm. Like you do, mm-hmm. you know. Like you do, uh, which is, again, such a fantastic opening reveal for what we're now setting up for the next season. Yes. Oh, and I, I also noticed during her exorcism, little Tara, young Tara, has her eyes blacked out, which yes. is what we see next season under the influence uh-huh. of what happens next season. We won't spoil that for you yet. So I'm curious yes. if that was intentional or what they were playing with there. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if they were like, wow, that was a really cool effect. That would Let's really bring that back. Wor- Let's yeah. bring that back. But they couldn't have made that poor little actress wear l- those lenses. The- I don't know. I had to wear, I've had to wear those where your whole yeah. eyes covered. Mm-hmm. They're challenging, exceedingly yeah. challenging. Yeah, so maybe that was a digital. Hopefully, that was CGI. Today. Yeah. So we also have Jason. So everyone's facing facing the music yeah. this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Jason yeah. has to face the music about Amy and who she really is. Uh, so we start with, I think, Kristen, you and I. One of our favorite <laughs> scenes, favorite collection of lines and performance, <sighs> which is Amy and Eddie in the basement as uh, Amy explains to us why she is so wonderful. I'm an organic vegan, and my carbon footprint is minuscule. Because I know that ultimately, we're all just a single living being. But you are not. <laughs> oh, I mean, oh, I mean the writing for her. That oh. whole speech, sophomore year in college, I walked away from a full <laughs> academic scholarship so I could go to the poor Guatemalan yes. village and build their first irrigation system. Like, And she, she just kills it. She kills it. I mean, it's that perfect sort of self-righteous. You know, I could say we, you know, yes. we tease Southerners a lot on this show, but we want to sure. take equal shots at yes. <laughs> the sort of northern eastern superiority uh, yes, stereotype as well vegan. that she brings <laughs> in, right? <laughs> and, you know, yeah, that so she good. has this sense that she is absolutely the, you know, un- unsmudgeable, you know. <laughs> yes. She is perfect in all ways and uh eddie better watch it's also that great moment too where he and he says something jason's not as evolved as she is and she goes i know (laughs) (laughs) not even hesitation she's just like yeah i know uh but he's working them right he's working amy and he's working jason and eddie knows how to get under each of their skin oh i love eddie so much i love eddie so much and 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 it almost works (laughs) It almost works. Mm-hmm. You know, Amy, yeah. I mean, Amy realizes she's going to lose Jason if she doesn't figure this out. Yeah, they have that scene in the bathroom. Yes. <laughs> Hilarious. Hilarious. Plan. 
I mean, it's so good. I mean, when she says, you know what Stockholm syndrome is and, and Jason says it's a disease and she's like, no. And he's like, oh, I almost had it. Right. Right. Oh, it's very, very funny. But yeah, that she, you know, she, she's able to kind of get him to her side. But I think it's when Jason starts testing it by his friends and, and testing it by people because he lies, right? They ask yeah. him where he met Amy, and he says Fantasia, but he doesn't tell uh-huh. them why. And yep. that's because some part of him knows mm-hmm. that there's something off about her, that mm-hmm. something is wrong. He mm-hmm. can't really be honest. And, yeah. you know, he then gets this this advice to get the upper hand. Mm-hmm. But I, I really think it's Lafayette who scares the sense back into him. Bitch, what? You think life is just this one fucking game that you always win no matter how many dead folk are piling up around you. Maudette, Don, your grandma. Wow. Yeah. Another incredible, I mean, everything that Nelson did was perfection. Yeah. I love this tough guy when he comes Mm -hmm. out. Mm Mm-hmm. When he's it just caring, shows his you know? history. What he's yes, that's it. He's caring. He he went to go find Eddie, and of course he needed blood, mm-hmm. but he saw this crime scene essentially, mm-hmm. and knows something happened. And and I think he's you know he's afraid for his own safety for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think in a lot of ways he's also like, hey, you people are dying, right? Mm-hmm. These women, your grandmother possibly mm-hmm. Eddie. And, you know, he goes on to say, and not me, I'm not going to be the one next. And of course, we're teasing a little bit the spoiler from the book. Right. It's so wonderful that Lafayette is the one again mm-hmm. to scare some sense into Jason. Yes. And these things together mm-hmm. do affect Jason. Mm-hmm. And he tries to do the right thing. He has a moment yeah. where he realizes, yeah, this is, I'm out. This is wrong. Yeah. The, the two things that he can kind of get that. We needed Jason to do that. Mm-hmm. We needed him to get the upper hand, wake up. After all the mistakes that he's made this season. Yes. We needed him to do the right thing, to to make the hard choice. Yes. And he, yes. he does, unfortunately. Amy's just a little bit faster and a little bit smarter. Boy, that's a moment when she stakes him. It really comes out of nowhere. Ooh. Yeah. And you know she's capable of it, but you're still sort of shocked. And then, you know, Stephen Root gives that incredible scream. Yes. And Ryan sells it with the goo yes. and how he scrambles back, trying to get it well, off his hands. And you'll see they're going to cut to this moment as we go forward over and over again because it really lives with Jason. It haunts mm-hmm. him for it quite a while. As it should. Finally, we're going to move on to Bill hmm. is also facing some some yes. music. He's at the tribunal. He's uh, at he, the yeah. tribunal, Deb. With, with our friends, Eric and Pam and Chow. Yeah, back there. Yeah, looking cool. Yeah. And, and I guess, okay, we'll save the best for last because... <laughs> Um, Jalco is such a master magister. I mean, he's just so incredible. He's so great. Uh, you know, I'll I'll share my, my Jalco story from that evening. Yes. Really, especially as a young actor. And this is, you know, my first day on this show uh, and we'll get to that. It's crazy. (laughs) But, um, you know, I hadn't really done much film acting work, so I, I didn't know the sort of specific pressures that can come with that. So we're filming these scenes. I think it took two days. Mm-hmm. 
two and nights. Both two nights. Yes, two mm-hmm. nights. <laughs> yeah. And both times, Jelko's coverage, which means, you know, the camera films one side of a 180 degree line. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, so everything is lit on that side. Then we switch all the lights, turn everything around and we do the other side of that line. Mm -hmm. So since it's him versus a whole group of vampires, (laughs) the opposite side is a much bigger job. So they saved his side for last because it seems like it would be simpler and faster. What that means for a night shoot, however, is that he (laughs) had to do all of his acting, which are these long, complex speeches at the very end of the night as the sun is coming up and everyone's panicking. We're running out of time. Like that sun comes up, you're done. They put a huge screen over his head to try to stop the daylight. To keep it from, and if you watch, you know, thumbs up, kudos to our our lighting team because, and our cinematographer, It you can't tell, but it was Mm -hmm. almost really morning as he's doing his stuff. And what, as a young actor, I was so impressed by, Mm -hmm. he didn't let it throw him. He -hmm. didn't speed up and start saying his lines faster or get panicked. He was very deliberate. He -hmm. gave the performance he wanted to give. And I will never forget that. And I, you know, I try to remember that every time I'm in a panicky moment and he didn't, he didn't stall, you know, Mm -hmm. but he, he took his time during the moments that were his. And I, I'm so impressed. So much by it. pressure. I, yeah. you know, forget where it was, but I wa- went up to him and said, wow, really well done. That's mm. a tough situation. And he said something that led me to believe he was disappointed. Mm. He was kind of wishing he'd had more takes. Yeah. He felt like I don't know, he was doubting himself a bit, but you sure, never like could we do. see it. Like we <laughs> always once. do. Yeah. Always do. When I'm every night, morning, driving home, I would be saying those lines again to the steering wheel. Oh. Sometimes the next day. And <laughs> and so it just happens. But he didn't yeah. let it flap him. Yeah. Well, here is an example of his brilliance. Mm. There are those among us who think differently. Do you question my authority? I am the Magister. I was trained in the Inquisition, and I am the adjudicator for every vampire territory in North America. As the humans say, the humans you love more than your own kind, back your shit down! I I started to well up. I know, but also like I want to give I want to give credit to Nathan here too because the music underneath him growls, doesn't it? It literally growls when he hits that moment, and that's oh, that's Nathan Barr brilliance right there. And you know, not that Jelko didn't get there; he did, but. It just heightens that. And that's that's an it example does. of a composer supporting an actor and and yeah. helping them get something really special out of a moment. Uh, yes. So impressed. It's so impressive. And that dialogue, Inquisition. I know. Ugh. It's so great. So great. <laughs> What's amazing. I also I wanted to include Bill's little line in there, too, because it is my my wonderful <laughs> mainstreaming daddy. Um <laughs> So, you know, Bill has to make a vampire. And we know this a little bit, but we'll learn it more. Bill hates his maker, right? He did not want to be a vampire. Becoming a vampire took everything away from him. So there's a reason that in 200 years plus, he's never done this. Yeah. 
So I'm, I'm really, uh, you know, I think it's a, it's a really apt punishment for him, even if the magister isn't aware of that. Um, so yeah, so now we come into Jessica Hamby. (laughs) So dad. Yeah. (laughs) How'd you get the role? Oh boy. Let's do my little interview now. Um, so yeah, so again, I have, it's amazing how all of us have these like sharp memories of our audition because mm. Jessica Hamby was just a recurring, she was going to be one or two episodes. Um, and so I had a scene from uh, each episode, this one and the next one to audition. So one of them is this in peril and the next one is very different. <laughs> yes. And um, I remember in preparation for it, it's saying that stuff about how your senses were heightened when you became a vampire. So I remember things like eating my own tears and like ah. trying to see the night sky in a different way, like doing weird things like that. Like I could taste ah. different. So I had, you know, preparation like that that I did. Um, and I went into the office and for some reason that day, I was sitting in that lovely office of Alan's, you know, on the lot. For yeah. some reason that day, every actor that was supposed to go before me you know, had to go, had something to be at next or, you know, needed to either, you know, their parking meter was going to run out or something like that. (laughs) So everyone kept asking and I was like, oh yeah, sure, go ahead. So I ended up like (laughs) letting three or four people kind of go ahead of me just because I had time. And I think I ended up maybe being the last person to audition that day. Oh my gosh. And I went in and I was rolling all over the ground and crying and I was my tears. And <laughs> so you did the full thing that we see on screen. I did the full thing. I, I kind of don't know how to half-ass things. Well, yeah. yeah. I don't know how you would do yeah, that halfway. The scene halfway. So, you know, I, I yeah, that's, I think I really appreciated Aisha's story about yes. her audition. Because same thing. I, you know, I really tried to, to be as much in that places I could in, yeah. that, in that room. I wanted to, for this scene, really focus in on that idea of prey and obviously moving on, focus on the idea of being a predator. So I watched so good. animal footage of, you know, lions taking down wow. antelope. I watched crocodiles. You know, I wanted these like primal old, like crocodiles were good, sharks were good um because they are ancient right Right. um and they've been doing they've been stalking and predating things like that but this time i focused mostly on deer jessica felt like a doe to me she felt oh yes yes innocent um a little skittish you know Mm -hmm. and the interesting thing about deer as you watch someone you know someone an animal take a deer down they fight like crazy Right. Until they realize there's no, no hope. hope. And then they just go limp. They mm-hmm. just give into it. And that was so fascinating to watch. Mm-hmm. And so I spent a lot of time creating certainly the fear of a vampire, you know, creating the vampire and Bill and what that would mean. And especially as a young Christian girl who's thinking, mm-hmm. I need to go to heaven, taking that away um, mm-hmm. is even more terrifying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But in the literal physicality of it, I decided I was going to fight Steve as hard as I could. And I know he only half liked that because he was like, I'm super strong. Shouldn't I be able to? I think this came from him. He doesn't want to just lock her down. He feels bad about this. So he doesn't want to hold her in a vice grip. But he holds her just strong enough that she can't get out. 
And it becomes that heartbreaking moment of just like you just she's fighting, 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 fighting until just decides there's you have to give in. And, and you know, I even think it's something biological that your body does when it realizes that it can't get away. And we were talking about this a little bit earlier. Yeah. You know, that what possible the dorsal do. vagal shut down. There's yeah. a vagus nerve that literally shuts the body down so you won't yeah. feel it. And so I, I, I kind of wanted to lean into that sort of scientific natural backing, you know, and I, I think Alan had shared with me or someone had shared with me that they were going with like an, a nature basis for vampires. Yes. And so I, same thing. I wanted to kind of come from that same place, but yeah, the night of, uh, I, Scott Winant, who was my favorite director we've had He's on the so show. Amazing. Uh, and all of our directors are wonderful, but Scott and I had sort of a special connection and we are still always looking to work together. Uh, he came into the hair and makeup trailer before we shot while I was getting ready. And he said to me, look, I know this is going to be a hard one. If you ever need a minute to like collect yourself or prepare, so he, he gave me full permission. Uh, and I thought that was so cool. That's so for a young, cool. inexperienced actor. And then yeah. Stephen was so wonderful on the day of like hearing out my thoughts and uh. working with me and, you know, also expressing his, you know, what his acting thoughts and his process, you know, was in preparing. Uh. And I think it led to a really terrifying and beautiful scene in the end. It is. And, you know, I was there watching you. Didn't know you, didn't want to bug you and be like, hey, how you doing? Um, but, you know, because you were very focused and you came out of that trunk, game on, spurs a jangling, ready to go, ready to take this town. And it was incredible and beautiful. Oh, and like there was, you know, if someone had said she's totally green, this is her first job, it'd be like, what? <laughs> You know, and for me, there's a shift in the scene as well, where Jessica goes from thinking, they're going to kill me. Mm -hmm. I better fight for my life. And then she shifts to, all right, if I'm going to die, I've made my peace with it. I'll go to heaven. Mm -hmm. And, and it's then. after he tries to glamour her and she comes out that I think I realize, oh, this isn't murder. He's going to turn me into a monster. Uh -huh. And that means no heaven. Uh -huh. Um and so Oof. that that was kind of there's sort of those three that evolution for her through that night. Yeah. It's such a powerful sequence. It really It's just yeah, it was a well-written scene. I mean, we've heard the story someone told where the next day they were like, "Okay, we got to keep this girl around." <laughs> well, I have a, a the things I've heard about it. It was a two episode guest star um that probably wasn't supposed to come back, so I, you know, luckily they decided to have me back. Yeah. I think for one, it's really fun to make Bill a maker, you know, especially when he's it's fun. Jessica turns out a little different than we anticipate. Um, yes. And then two, <laughs> I had heard that originally Jessica was supposed to look like Suki oh. so that it was even harder for Bill to have to do this. Oh. Um, but uh, I obviously don't look anything like Anna. <laughs> yeah. Um, so luckily, I guess I, I did a good enough job that I booked the role despite not being not matching the description. Well, you killed it, sister. Thank you. Well, now for a quick bite.
The supernatural world of True Blood is expanding, and so must our show Bible. We now have shapeshifters, and just like vampires, there are rules by which they are governed. Rule number one. A shifter must have a real animal on which to imprint. However, the shift happens spontaneously during the full moon. But they are not werewolves, okay? Rule number two, for Sam, humans are too complex to shift into, despite what you may see at the bar. And while he can shift into most animals, it doesn't automatically give him all their abilities. Rule number three, the ability to shift is hereditary. But since Sam's adoptive parents were the worst, we have yet to learn what might be possible for shifters when properly guided. So while we have a lot of people facing the music, facing truths this episode, we also have a dance this yes. uh, this episode. <laughs> Renee and Arlene are getting engaged and they have a big party. And what this does is allow the writers to focus on a lot of our ensemble characters, you know, series regulars who maybe don't always get a lot of uh, screen time just because they're not in the center of the plot, but they are nonetheless fantastic performers. And we want to spend a little time now sort of focusing on them. Yes, yes. Carrie Preston as Arlene Fowler. I mean, oh, Carrie is I just so, much. so terrific. Every mm-hmm. line, every moment. I mean, her speech about being able to depend on Renee is so oh. heartfelt. And then right back into the comedy again. Such facility. Yeah. He's right from all this anyhow. Well, thanks for having such a great time at my party. She's so good every second on screen. She cracks me up. Absolutely delicious. Absolutely wonderful. And and we're, you know, what's lovely is we're also slowly setting up this attraction uh, from Terry Belfler, who Mm -hmm. seems to like Arlene a little bit. And so we also want to spotlight Todd Lowe. Um, He's fragile. He's kind. He's tortured and he's so funny so Uh, good i know he's really every second that he had he's on screen every moment every line he (laughs) makes so much of it it's incredible thank you terry you are so sweet and reliable i always know what to expect from you no nasty surprises well that's just because you don't know me very well I'm, I'm just, Again. my mind is going through all the great lines and yes. him at Bill's dead meeting, you know, the, yep. with Grant's yep. meeting, right? And he's there yep. sobbing. And then the opossum penis necklace. I mean, yep. it's just, he's yep. so amazing. The, his comment about running naked in the woods, he's like, I've done that. <laughs> yeah. He's, just, he's, he's the most honest character, I think, on, on True Blood. He's the most honest character. And Jim Perrick as Hoyt. Fortenberry is mm-hmm. not completely unhonest. I mean, the sweetest, <laughs> right? Under his mother's yeah. f- thumb. Yes. Friends with Jason and Renee, who completely outshine him. I know. Right? And he I just know. wants to shine. Just wants to shine in his own. And and my my favorite is when Jim really leans into this and doesn't judge it. You know, I think right. it'd be easy for a guy to feel like, no, I want to be macho. But when he leans into the sort of sweet side, the innocent side of Hoyt, you know, he just shines so much. But here's him trying to be more like Jason and Renee. You know, I plan on having about six more beers and enough tequila to drown a Mexican sea captain woman 
speaking right? up to his mom finally oh it's sort of perfect it, it's it's uh <laughs> it almost doesn't sound right in his mouth which is the brilliance of the acting right because that's yes. not who hoyt is but he's trying it on and yeah it's just so very sweet. funny and it's a great so setup phenomenal. for where his character is about to go yeah and my namesake Chris yes. Bauer. Chris Bauer, the other Chris Bauer. <laughs> yeah. As Andy Belfler. Uh, uh, I adore him in this, I this adore season. Adore him. You know, he's, oh, you know what? I just remembered. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know, season five or six or something. I asked a bunch of the crew ladies, like wardrobe, and yeah. I just took a survey on who's who's the sexiest to them. Like ah! who do they want, right? And it was always Chris Bauer. Amazing. But what is so fantastic about him as Andy is he he has one of the hardest jobs ever, which is the mm. straight man, right? He has yes. to play this this sober cop. I think that's an interesting quirk to his character that he doesn't drink uh, in a town that doesn't appreciate him or respect him. <laughs> um, and unfortunately, I couldn't find a quote from this episode that really highlighted, uh, you know, Andy and, and that part of him. But I found a fun yeah. one from 104. Make you hot, Jason. Killing girls and sticking it to them. No. See, I think it does. I think it turns you on. It sounds to me like it turns you on. <laughs> <laughs> right? You know, oh that joke God. doesn't that joke doesn't work unless Chris delivers that line before it perfectly that's it so solid oh so solid i yeah, just he's dreamy he's, he's a dreamy, dreamy dreamy guy mm-hmm. uh and you know we we will be talking much more about chris bauer as this scene goes on and especially you know we've set up the sober bit and again as we move on we'll see we're even going to play with that quite a bit yes and I just want to do a little throw out to this band. Yes. That plays it a lot. So it's so interesting. Renee and Arlene really hit the jackpot. Yeah. <laughs> they got this big band somehow. Who paid for that? Because CeCe Adcock with his band, the Lafayette Marquis, are mm-hmm. playing at Merlots. His music is described, I love this description, as Cajun, Zedeco, Electric Blues, and Swamp Pop. Well, you couldn't get more true blood than that. So kudos to uh, Sam Merlot for booking such a great band for Renee and Arlene's engagement party. (laughs) We learn a lot about Sam Merlot this episode. And uh, to fill in all the details, we sat down with Sam Trammell, and he was so generous and gave us the scoop on what makes Mr. Merlot such an enticing mystery man. Yeah. Hi, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) Sam! Thank you all so much. So nice talking to you all. Yay. So we're so excited to speak with you because, you know, we'll talk to you now here for episode 10 because we've just learned at the end of the last episode that Sam is a shifter. Mm -hmm. Yes, I had. uh, That was a big moment. As I recall, I had had like a weird moment in episode four where I was writhing around (laughs) on a bed. (laughs) In sheets. In a kind it's everyone's of favorite sexual, quasi-sexual, yeah. <laughs> but not. But that was that was a little tease. And then yes, at the end of yeah. nine, I think I'm in Sookie's bed, and yep. And then uh, I have to explain it in ten. Yeah, very, yes. very weird, very crazy. 
It's very weird, but it's a wonderful tease throughout the whole first season. There's all shots of dogs running around, and sometimes you're there and sometimes you're not. Sometimes we think you're the murderer. Yeah. Uh, we have all kinds yeah. of teases. Uh, you know, rewatching 10, I've forgotten <laughs> that there was a whole whodunit. You know, the first yes. season was like a whodunit. I did it was too. like, did Sam? It's a murder do it? mystery. Did, yeah. <laughs> I did and too. And so I was very, because I remember they wanted me to look guilty or, you know, look suspicious yeah. for in a lot mm-hmm. of the, some of the stuff. We're asking everyone about their, their casting. Do you remember your oh casting my God, process yeah. for Sam Merlot? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> first there was the, first there was the audition. It, it was one of my last, uh, cause I'd done so many network auditions and people just don't do that. Yeah. The young people don't know what we're talking about. How I know. Yeah. I unfortunately, how, like I'm part of that. Are group. you kidding? <sighs> Oh my God. It I was never the had scariest, to do the pilot season. Scariest. Yeah. And you go into, I went into HBO, which was down in Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. It was full of people. You're signing, you're Ugh. sitting in a room with the other three guys you're up against. I can't remember who they were who were auditioning for Sam a lot. And I remember the, I remember it was that day. I left that place and I was driving through the rain. I just remember mm. getting the part and I was just so incredibly. Psyched because it was a really hot kind of property because Alan had done Six Feet Under. And of course, American, he wrote American Beauty. I mean, it was definitely like, this is a, this is a a big deal. So then they had me go back to read with, I think with Tara, people for Tara. Okay. And that's where I saw Anna. And it was me and Anna. I think we were the first people that got cast. And we were like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Can you believe it? This is crazy. And she was going out and reading with Bills. And, um, right. yeah, I mean. But even that's hilarious. Like, multiple Bills. Yeah. You know, multiple plural Bills. bills. And I had ju- and, and check this out. I had broken my nose in between getting the part and going in to do those reads. And I was convinced I was going to get fired. I had split my nose open. Oh, my uh, gosh. Surfing. And I was just like. Oh, that's character to say. I was just like, it's over. My whole career is done. Like, I'm not going (laughs) to. So I was trying to hide that. um, Because I had a meeting with Alan after I got the part. And and then he asked me to come back and read with some people. But, yeah, it was really scary. Okay, so many questions to ask you. But because we. I feel like we know each other, Sam, and we did maybe four scenes. I know, <laughs> you know, I know. Yeah, and maybe just a few more. We went for to some of those. Too, we went to yeah. some of the comic cons together, and oh my god, yes. it was. Those are bonds. Krista and I had so much fun. Oh my god, <laughs> Krista yep. and I would see each other never while we were working, but always elsewhere. And I feel like <laughs> we, I know yeah. you, her as well as anybody from the show. It's crazy, but we didn't really work Isn't together. That weird. But that was another. We've been all commenting. I know, I, but yeah. I'm sure you all talk, talked about that. Like mm. Deborah and I, we didn't have any. Did we have a single? Were we even on set? I at mean, the same time? you hired me. You hired me to work That's at Merlot, so we had a lot of like That's in passing true, but very, stuff. Very, very brief. We would be, yeah, we would both that. be in the same location, but not like a scene. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. we never had a bonding charactery moment, right? Um, as far as I remember, I, maybe we'll eat our words as we get further on in the show. But uh, yeah, so we yeah, would, but somehow we talked because of table reads and yep. because of I think just the general PR friendliness of everyone working in PR. I do feel like I know people that I never. I mean, even Janina, who like got this podcast right. and she's a very close friend of mine. I never worked with Janina, right. not a single scene. Mm-hmm. 
but she's a very close friend now. So now, Sam, I want to ask you, because you were there from the very first minute. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And of course, I came in episode four, Deb in episode 10. And we didn't go to Comic-Con the first year or years. And you've mentioned that at Comic-Con at the beginning, it was like, hey, come talk to us. We're doing a, a... a show over here. And by the time I got invited, we were the Beatles there. For those few blocks, uh-huh. we had security and it was uh, people slept overnight to get in the panel room. Yep. What was that like to well, go through that arc? I was just thinking about this. We all took a bus to Comic Con oh the gosh. first year because we were shooting at Hollywood mm. Center Studios, which is yes. over. Further okay. uh, east yeah. in Hollywood. Yes. And it's so tiny. It's even smaller than so the tiny. one where we were. And I yeah. remember we met there. We did, the, we did the pilot episode. Then there was a while before we got picked up. Then we got picked up and we did three episodes there. And then there was the writer's mm-hmm. strike. I remember nobody had seen the show. Nobody knew about it. And we yeah. were just all wandering around and getting zero attention. <laughs> like nothing. And oh my gosh. we were at a tiny table. I remember going, I think Sue Nagel. I think it was with Sue Nagel. It could have been season two mm-hmm. at Comic-Con. But yeah. I remember going with President Sue Nagel and looking for birthday presents for her, like her kids or something. And like <gasps> just walking <laughs> with around. the president of HBO. We might <laughs> yeah. as well leave yeah, our booth because like, no one cares. Yeah, yeah, nobody knows. No one's here. Yeah, yeah. But it felt like we were handing out flyers. We felt about the same level of. You know, like, we got a show tonight, you know, come see our our band. (laughs) Yeah, Um, come see our band. Like a garage band, yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) That's about what it felt like. And Yeah, and then, of course, it steadily grew to, like, police escorts. It sure did. You know, like, that whole thing. Ballroom 20, Hall H. Yeah, limos, the whole thing for days in the best hotel room. So I'm I'm curious, as as one of the only genuine Southerners on the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was that like for you? Did you feel like, oh, this is great. I have something to bring to it. Or, you know, did you give your input at any point? How does that, uh, yeah. what meaning did that I mean, that it made you? it sort of, uh, you know, it made it a little closer to home and comfortable because, you know, you feel mm-hmm. like you're going less out on a limb with like the mm-hmm. accent and, and with the vibe. And it was cool, too, because my family's all from Louisiana. And, yeah. you know, I was born there. I was really grew up, for the most part, in West Virginia, but I was born there. And it was really incredible. We did an episode. That episode where, because we would only go down once or twice to Louisiana to shoot exteriors, right? Yeah. And so I think it was the first year. It was, the, it was that episode where I'm running naked across the the. <laughs> you know, whatever across the hill and Andy sees me and mm-hmm. uh, Andy and yep. Todd and they're like, Oh, what is that? But we were shooting, we, we drove through that. We were shooting near this town called Dualene. It was the closest town. And that's where all my father's family's from. It's the smallest town in the world. Oh you know, gosh. it's like 500 people. Wow. And oh all gosh. of my, we drove past the, 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 um, the cemetery where a, a lot of my relatives are buried and we were shooting at a lake that wow. used to be owned by, you know, one of my relatives a long time ago, <laughs> but I should have told some of my family not to watch because my great aunt <laughs> watched. I was fully, cause I always forget about, I always forget about sex scenes. I, I just do. I just forget yeah, about, right. I just, am like, Oh yeah, <laughs> right. My great That's aunt lucky. is watching, you know, 
vampire uh, sex at a you know which is really kind of speedy and right. kind of shocking <laughs> if you've never seen it especially if somebody's chained up as well oh, i mean it was pretty hard not even your sex scenes just pretty, sex scenes yeah, in general I mean, on our show my yeah God. I mean, that <laughs> my scene mom was, was like what did you was like well you know aunt jane ann was uh surprised at <laughs> you know she's gonna keep watching but boy that was a mountain to get over <laughs> and i think it was like the oh first episode God. Or the second, where somebody's oh getting God. it from behind, like chained up. Yeah, yes. yep. first, like, oh, first episode. First yeah. episode. Right. I should have worn right. the three. Right. Yep. Oh, goodness. Yeah. I do have to ask you about being naked or it wouldn't be a good interview for your character. I only had to be um, naked off screen for two seconds in front of Alex. And I worked out. For like, I didn't eat for like six weeks and worked out really hard. And thank God I was human then and didn't, I could get a tan. I got a spray tan, but how was that? You just got used to it, huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, we, but the, the, the tanning part ended up made you feel better. And there was a, what yes. we went, I went from getting actual tans to, uh, like having makeup applied, which took forever. Oh, yeah. And like, right. we did that Bridget. for a year or two. And then. Yeah, and then Ooh. we figured out the spray tan, which was like, boom. Um, yeah. But yeah, but then it was a whole, you know, I, I mean, the, the, the level of fitness on our show was so off the charts. Oh and I just gosh. wanted to be a bartender. I just wanted to Ryan. be a bartender. Like, I'm a bartender. <laughs> yes, I Can know. I just be a bartender? I but know. you can't. Yes. Because you have Quan. Ryan. You had Scar. <laughs> you had Anna. Sarsgaard. You had, you had Anna. You had and yeah, Steven. Anna. And, oh. and then, you know, uh, of course, Alcide, Alcide came along, and then like every, like every dude was ripped. And these are all people <laughs> who are like 10 years younger than me. Well, not Steven, but they're um. all like, they're all like, come on. I've been fully, full frontal, fully naked on stage three times in front of live people okay. with mm-hmm. nothing on. So wow. mm-hmm. I was very, uh, I was like, yeah, I could do this. Yeah, see that. Know? Yeah. That was my feeling about it. Same thing. I'd been naked on stage and done things like that. I'm not, I don't feel squeamish about being naked in front of people in general. It's naked on the internet mm. that bothers Absolutely. me. Because yeah. people take it and do whatever they want with mm. it and it yeah, lives there forever. And they say the cruelest things and the yeah. most disgusting things. So true. I, I, you know, I shied away from being, I was like, you can film me, but it's, you're never going to see more than a skimpy bathing suit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if in terms of my decisions, simply because of that, and like my husband and future children and things like that, mm-hmm. it just that felt like the right choice for me at the time. But same thing, the actual nudity part mm-hmm. of it never really th- threw me very much. Yeah, I think that's it would a throw difference. me. I think it might throw me more now because of the internet, because it's so mm. much more. Because there's just so much, so more, much more. Atta- more. Like it's doubled or tripled, don't you think? Oh, since, way since yeah. Instagram, we ended up speaking with Shadaliza and Lynn Doherty of the Vault because, again, without social media. That doesn't exist. This kind of space outside of the show to talk about it other than like IMDb mm-hmm. comment section mm-hmm. or, the you know, the comments underneath articles or recaps. So it's so interesting that The Vault was also sort of ahead of its time yeah. as HBO was with the marketing, yeah. as Alan Ball was with a lot of the social concepts in the show. So much of this is like right on that precipice. It's cool. Yeah, it really was. So Sam, I'm mm-hmm. also want to ask you, so, you know, some of seeing in this first season that's so interesting and part of why I think they're, they push that maybe Sam is the killer thing is this wonderful flip that 
you can do that I don't see very many actors having this ability. You are so nice and so genuine and seem so harmless. And then? As Sam Merlot. And then there's a flip that goes, a switch that goes off, a flip that happens. And you have such a, a lovely, honest connection to anger or whatever that is. Yeah. And I, that's something for me personally that I have to work on as an actor. Um, but it's impressive and it gives Sam such depth, mystery yeah. and excite, you know, excitement. So was that something you did intentionally or yeah. was it written? Wow. Was that's so that nice too. of you to say. That's a really nice, really nice compliment. Um, I, I like where, when I got mad, like, is that? Yeah. Like, like with of, Sookie. So, yeah, I was Sookie. Mm-hmm. You, you sort Outside of fly off on the, the sidewalk after right. having pie. Um, yeah, oh, that's true. You, you, when the vamps walk in, you mm. break a pool oh, cue yeah. like you're gonna stake a guy. <laughs> right, I mean, there right. are these moments, and it's it's really it's the contrast. You know, mm-hmm. that wouldn't be so crazy yeah. for Pam to do or something like that. But because Sam yeah. is very calm and seems so reasonable and very helpful and sweet and in love, and then this switch, and it, it's just a beautiful acting workshop frankly oh mm-hmm. god i mean we all have so many we all have so many characteristics about us and i mean every human being yeah. right it has so many different sides i just happen to have the maybe those two polar opposites <laughs> you know um <laughs> you know because i do have a temper you know like in real life that's interesting like it's interesting. i do yeah. like it hard I, like, to believe I do, it, you know i do and i do have i think i have the a thing of like the nice guy, you know, like the nice, yeah. Because there is that, there is that too, which, which I've hated in my life. You know, I've I've kind of mm. disliked the very thing that is actually the thing that's probably I should capitalize on the most, or or one of the. We all sort of dislike parts of ourselves, and some some of the best parts of ourselves we probably dislike. You know, it's really like, true. And I well, I and think, they're taken advantage of. I think in acting, I've always mm. tried to shy away from those roles and tried to be, you know. I don't know, like try to be the bad guy more, this or that. And I think, yeah. you know, to be honest, to be totally honest with you guys, playing Sam in the first season, I was frustrated with because it was just kind of the nice guy who mm-hmm. was pining after Sookie. And I and mm-hmm. I really wanted, I remember I did this whole, I wrote this whole like five page thing to Alan Ball when I got the part. And it was this whole <laughs> uh, like idea, theory about shape shifting and about how, you could get addicted to the shift and like it, like this sort of huh. addiction. So I was trying to weave in problems for Sam, like, you know, like, right. You know, like kind of dark problems for Sam from the beginning before we even started. Um, he didn't even respond to it. I don't even think he responded to it. He definitely didn't read that. Yet. He's like, what he was like, sure, keep you doing your homework, yeah. kid. It was like this, philo- it was really deep philosophical thing, you know, about, uh, uh, you know, this mythology I was creating about shifting and, Trying to keep it. Yeah, I was trying to go yes. dark with it. But Sam, you have something about you that I find interesting because it's a really unique thing. And I don't I don't know if it's an ability. I don't know what it is, but but it's it's a feeling that I can never ever catch you acting. Now, Meryl Streep, one of the greatest actors we've ever had, I I see her acting. I know she's acting. I'm not fool. I don't think she just walked onto the set and it's a documentary, but I do feel that way about John Wayne, Patricia Arquette, Spencer Tracy, and you. Oh my God. And since I can. In one hand, Sam. I love okay. yeah, That's such a, what a crowd. 
love Isn't it. Isn't that a bizarre grouping <laughs> though, right? It's like, it's a very yeah. unique thing. I used to watch Patricia Arquette and I'm like, wow, it's her. just fascinating because I can't. And, mm-hmm. and then when I saw you on the show, I was like, oh, he has that thing. And since I can't interview any of them. Yeah. It's I'm so funny. Like, this, how do you do it? <laughs> no, but it's funny because I was watching, uh, cause you know how you're hard on yours, you know, people. You watch mm, yourself. Yeah. And look, there's some stuff I watch Horrible. back and I'm like, oh, that was really good. But uh, the episode that we're talking about, 10, I swear, yeah. I was watching that and I was like, oh, God. Oh, God. I was totally oh, seeing because no. I remember some things I was trying in, in certain parts right, of it. Right. And I remember and I'm seeing myself do that. I'm like, you idiot. Why are you doing that? You know, I was trying. But that's exactly why you see it, though. We don't see it right. because we don't know what you were trying I, to do. Yeah, we I mean, just it's see surprising, brilliance. but I'm glad you did. You see it. Glad you did. Oh, no, no we don't we see do it. Not. I'm I'm putting you in this grouping with John Wayne, my favorite. Am, you're, on, you're on the John one hand Wayne. of Kristen's best I actors. Know, what, that's yeah. right. right? Well, the Spencer ones that Tracy? can't do that. Ones that don't know how can't to act. Can't tell once she can't catch. I think it's, for me, painful. Deb and I didn't watch ourselves in the show when it aired. So didn't watch the show. Yeah, we didn't watch. Wait a minute. This is the first time. Yeah. No, I cannot believe you're, so you're watching the show for the first time. So episode 10, this episode is my, my my first scene. Yeah. I had a panic attack, a genuine panic attack as I watched it. Oh my God. You are so fantastic, Deborah. I specifically remember uh, that, that scene. Cause when it came on, I was like, oh my God, this is where Deborah's begging for her life. And it was so, it just was so just beautiful and, and awful. Beautiful. And like, just and like, awful, yeah. but you really felt like somebody was begging for their life and like, and it was, yeah. so, made it so hard on Bill. And mm-hmm. that was my job. My job was to make things and, very hard for Steven. Oh Steven's. my God. It was <laughs> so, it was so touching and <laughs> thank you. lovely. When you, I was just like, oh my God, mm-hmm. this, this woman's on the show forever. She's incredible. Oh, you know, yeah. We that's what, like thank that's you. what they said. Like, um, who was it? We were interviewing Deb who went back to, maybe it was Alex Wu or somebody who they said the next day, they were like, oh my God, you should see this girl. We got to keep her. <laughs> and I was yeah. there when it was filmed. Right. Well, then I and know then we'll you were about... in the background. I was like, yes, <laughs> Kristen Bowers are in Jelko. I was rolling my eyes, Jelko. hand on the hip and everyone is brilliant. Like everyone yeah. is brilliant. Yeah. You're brilliant, really Sam. Great. Every every person cast is unbelievable. Yeah. Well, it's like Rutina is someone I can't get over. She's becoming one of my favorite characters mm. of the mm-hmm. show. And, you know, the work that you and she do for this season, it's so perfect mm. that they put you two together. Um, Which we heard was an I, I do afterthought, right, Deb? Or, yeah. Who was it who told us that, that you two, they didn't have anything for you to do? It was in the the um, commentary. <clears throat> and so that relationship, they threw you wow. two together. And what uh-huh. a wonderful yeah. arc you two have. Oh, it was so much fun. Yeah. Like we we had so much fun working together. And it was so, it was, it was definitely yeah. putting two totally different personalities, you know, on the mm-hmm. show together. Different personalities, but similar struggles yes. in many ways. Like needing to be seen. Uh, you know, needing to be cared for because you're always the one doing mm-hmm. the fixing and the caring. So they really, it's such a perfect, interesting pairing, I think. Mm-hmm. She yeah. says, like, I don't want to yeah. be lonely. And you go, me either. And you guys. 
Oh, that scene in front of your mm. trailer where you guys, oh, yeah. she asks you if you're lonely. Yeah. And Sam, you take the most, it's the most beautifully said line. I'm sure you didn't even think about it. And it just came out perfect. Um, you just go, yes, yes, I am. And it was very, like Kristen said, you can't catch the acting. You just see a very lonely man. Mm. And even now, you know, it sort of mm-hmm. just chokes up. Me too. You take back this my beautiful pause. It's beautiful. And then your answer is just so plain and yes. Yeah. I am. It just and the killed thing is, us. That's that's not on the page, you know. What that choice or that moment, that instinct isn't on the page, and it's just it's a it's a one of my favorite scenes of the the first oh, season. Wow, I got to Rutina on that front that porch. Again. Yeah, he was yeah. a you know yeah. total total loner, total lonely. Yeah, lonely loner guy in his trailer at Warner Brothers lot. Um, at that Warner <laughs> Brothers lot. So you were on the back lot yep. at Warner Brothers a lot. Yeah. When you think back on this huge, it's such an enormous experience. Are there things that stand out, things that you miss and things that you mm. really don't miss? Like what <laughs> pops into your head is like, ah, oh, the things that you miss. I mean, the thing, the easier one to answer is the things I don't miss, which is really very yeah. little. Like, I, there's yeah. really nothing that's like I hate, except for being cold. But, but that was okay. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, that was okay. Um, I don't miss the, I guess the the dieting, but the whole time, <laughs> I feel like most of us the whole time appreciated it so much. Like we knew we were on yes. something great. We knew. The mm-hmm. whole time. It was never like, oh, my God, I wish I would have known what I appreciated. The whole time yes. we're just like, whoa, season two, that's amazing. We're going to get a season three. Oh, my mm, God, it's yes. incredible. Like, Because a lot of mm. us had already been through the mill with shows that weren't as good or shows that didn't go. or. And this was HBO. This was yes. the biggest show at once it was done that HBO had ever had monetarily, I think. Yes, and then I think Game of was. Thrones eclipsed it. But it was like the most eyes, the most DVDs. It was just so massive. And it was Alan Ball. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was so great. So it was great. I love, you know, who I really loved working with that I didn't get to see. Well, I saw sometimes was Chris Bauer. Whenever oh. I would, I loved a mm-hmm. night with Chris Bauer. Cause whenever I had a night with Chris mm-hmm. Bauer, we would just, it was just like, it was going to go deep all night. We were just going deep. Like, yes, he's just deep. talking, <laughs> just going there. Like, just talking. He's so talking. genuine. He's so great. I loved. Well, loved working again, with him. Again, favorite thing from that first season is this him chasing you down about the nudist colony oh my and everything God. like that. It's such a great you two oh, together are so, funny. He's so funny. It's great. It's so good. Definitely. It's a really good point that you mentioned that we all appreciated it while it was happening. Yeah, I think there was all of us we were all grateful. The whole time. Yes, that's a really good point. And it really, it was amazing how it took off. I mean, the first season was sort of, I think it was kind of mixed reviews. The first season, mm-hmm. like some good, some mediocre. <laughs> uh-huh. And then it, um, mm-hmm. and then it just, just took off like crazy. Oh, well, this is amazing, Sam. Thank you so much for chatting with oh, us. Oh, it's so good, um, Sam, to oh see God, you and hear so you great and to get to interview you, you. Yeah. I mean, what a what a, um it's really just incredible. Like what a what a beautiful life experience we all got to have. Deb 
how good was that to see and hear Sam? Sam Rolot. I mean, he, you know, he's a lead on the show all seven seasons. Yeah. And to really get his take. And, and, you know, I hope some of what people at home are are gathering from this is that we're all just just people trying to make some entertainment and and yes. we're good at what we do, but we have insecurities and, you know, the fact that he was willing yeah. to share all sides of that. You know, he said about his most memorable that we were all committed and grateful and weird. And so weird. And so weird. <laughs> we were a carny family. Yeah. But oh, again, it it, that's the, it's the perfect metaphor for Sam Rolot, who is wonderful right. and nice and super weird. And super weird. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And he's thinking we're weird. We think he's normal. He thinks he's normal. We think he's weird. He thinks he's normal. No one, like, we're all weird. It's just Everyone's insane. weird. Everyone's weird and so wonderful. Next week on Truest Blood, relationships are tested. We'll talk about the meaning of love and what we can and can't overlook in its name. And we sit a spell with the deeply talented Michael Raymond James, portrayer of Rene Lanier, a hardworking family man with a deadly pastime. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, Trubies. Subscribe and follow wherever you listen to your podcasts, and we'll see you next week. Y'all come back now, you hear? Truest Blood is produced by Safe Haven for HBO Max. Executive producers are Janina Kavankar, Kristen Bauer, and Deborah Ann Wool. Our producer is Gabrielle Gallon, and our audio producer is Christopher Wool. Our theme song was recorded just for this podcast by Jace Everett. Additional music was composed by Timo Chen. And remember, you can watch all of the original episodes of True Blood on HBO Max. is coming back and so is the official Hacks podcast. With us, your hosts. I'm Paul W. Downs. I'm Jen Statsky. And I'm Lucia Aniello. We're the creators and showrunners. Each week on the podcast, we'll break down the new episodes. We'll also have special guests, cast and crew from the show like Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart. Hacks Season 3 is available to stream now on Max. Be sure to listen wherever you get your podcasts or listen directly on Max.